Recorded live. We thank the Lord. We thank the Lord. As I said to you, Elder Fred, anytime you want to share with me, keep this envelope coming because it's meat to me too. Because when you are pastoring, overseer, and you out there feeding the sheep, you really never get a chance to eat. And all of us need to eat of this word. And I thank you just for the privilege of going over it. Good evening, everybody. We welcome you tonight. I believe in fellowshipping together. It's one of our greatest things that the Lord told us, and he even said to forsake not yourself from coming together to come. And what he really wants us to do is to uplift, and we need to strengthen each other. And I thank God tonight, I thank God tonight, our elder manner sounds a little hoarse, so we're not going to call on her until she <laughs> wants to. <laughs> and our elder Fred is going to teach tonight, and I'm excited. And for those of you that missed the lesson on last night, it was a beautiful yes. lesson about the number 12 in the Bible. And I just thank God for that. I wonder if who is on yet. Yes, I am. All right. God bless you. God bless God. everybody. Good evening. Good evening. Yeah. Could you give us 12 seconds of prayer? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, man. That's real. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this opportunity to come before you uh, and uh, and and the delight and the and the strong and strong delight of listening to your word, Lord. We thank you for that. We ask you, Lord, uh, to 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 bless the 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 the, the, the moderator tonight, uh, the instructor tonight, the wise man of this evening as the host, Mr. Fred Marley. God bless you, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy. Have mercy on this man as he preaches and he teaches this word of knowledge to us. As, we, as you give us a spiritual and listening ear, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for all those that are listening, even those that are in the chat room. Lord, we ask you, Lord, just as this word, uh, beseech us, Lord, so we can spread it abroad throughout everybody in the nation, Lord. We thank you right now. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. We thank you. That was, tell them the name of your ministry. Uh, uh, the Cutting Sword Bible Ministry. Praise God. He don't like me to say because I twist it all around. Yeah. yeah, like she calls it like she calls it the knife cutting uh, <laughs> ministry and all that. That's why. I, 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 I did. I did not remember I said, now cut the We're going to New Mount Olive on tonight. Yeah, amen. Mountain, get out of our way. Uh, yeah. Amy, are you on? She must be in the uh, of the room, but she'll be right on. But those mm-hmm. are we coming together to fellowship. Our uh, elder manner, mm. this eye to everybody. Yes, yes. Good evening. Bless your heart. Bless And we're gonna make room for our teacher tonight. Yes, yes. elder. Frederick 
Marlene. Yes, May yes. Just bring everything that he has instilled in you out in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, my beloved said, what are you going to sing tonight? I looked at her and said, I don't know. <laughs> so, she said, why don't you try to sing the truck driver's song? So I thought, all right, sounds good to me. So, we'll, we'll do the truck driver's song, and we'll dive in. The disciples gathered in the upper room that day to await the spirit that was coming down. Then like a rushing mighty wind, it filled each one of them within. I never knew how it felt, but I know now. I never knew how it felt. But I know now, I never knew how it felt, but I know now, I never knew amazing grace could fill me right here in this place. I never knew how it felt, but I know now. Kneeling on my knees, I asked him oh. to help me. Take my cup, Lord, fill it up. Please do it now. Then it started in my feet and filled me up full and complete. I never knew how it felt, but I know now. I never knew how it felt, but I know now. I never knew how it felt, but I know now. I never knew amazing grace could fill me right here in this place. I never knew how it felt, but I know now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, tonight... Message of carnal mindedness. Now, start off. It's sound we're talking about Peter, but you'll you'll see the connection here in a little bit. Okay, when you hear the name Peter, what images or thoughts come to your mind? You think of a stoic rock, or a loud mouth bohunk. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> or a good. Mm-hmm law-abiding citizen of Israel? Mm. Or a peaceful, honorable, and upright family man? Mm -mm. 
or a rash, semi-foolish lout that somehow weaseled his way into the pages of Scripture? Okay, this is all out there. Who and what was Peter? Okay, he was a fisherman, first off, and a successful one at that, who even had some partners working either with or for him. You can find that in Luke 5, verse 7. Now, he was a hard worker who would work all night if necessary. You can find that in Luke 5, 5. And in that day, fishing uh, was extremely hard work as you had to throw the nets out by hand and then drag them back in, hopefully full of fish. And if they were full of fish, it was even harder. Commercial fishing was not for the faint of heart as vicious storms could whip up very quickly on the Sea of Galilee, nor were the physically weak, which we just discussed. So we know that Peter was strong, tough, and reasonably fearless, as well as being a good and able businessman and repairman who could keep the business going and the boats and gear in good working condition. That sounds like a lot, okay? Peter was pretty sharp. Now, in addition to all this, he was indeed a good family man who kept the law of Moses. Now, you'll find that in Mark um, chapter 1, verses 29, 30, and 31, where it talks about his mother-in-law living with him. All right, honor thy father and thy mother. Well, his mother-in-law, well, I'm assuming that his... uh, Maybe his wife was an only child and her husband died. Well, who's going to take her in? That would be Peter and his wife. So he he kept that. And then in Acts chapter 10, verses 10 through 14, you know about the, the sheet that was let down. And Peter said, no, Lord, nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. So he kept the dietary laws of Moses. Okay. So he kept the law least to the best of his ability. Now, Peter was a good man who had the respect of everyone who knew him. You know, as we as you go on in the New Testament, you see Peter, people look up to Peter, okay? Yet, he lived in a rough, despised area of Israel. It was despised at least by the elites, you know, the, uh, the upper crust of society. Look down on that area. Now, over the years, we've heard many negative things said about Peter, like he only opened his mouth to exchange feet, and other things just as derisive. Well, uh, let's take a little closer look at his walk with the Lord and see if the jabs at a man handpicked by the Lord himself mm-hmm. justified. Now, you remember, the Lord himself picked Peter. Peter was the first one. Okay, uh, a little, read a little scripture here in Matthew chapter 14, verses 25 through 32. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, 
come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. And said unto him, O thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Hmm. All right. Now, let's look a little closer here. That's in order. First, nobody else even put forth the question of, Lord, is that really you? Only Peter. Second, nobody else got down out of the ship to walk with Peter. Peter was out there by himself. Third, Peter was actually doing the physically impossible. He was walking on the water to go to Jesus. Now, this is a fisherman, mind you. He makes his living on water. Peter, had he had some strong faith. <laughs> I don't think I would have made it that far, personally, but well, who knows? But at some point, he started to sink. What happened? What happened? It says that when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. Ah, his knowledge of what strong wind could do, and strong wind, you you know, remember we said that on the Sea of Galilee, a completely treacherous storm could whip up in just a matter of minutes. It just come out literally out of nowhere. And strong wind will sink your boat in a short order and you will die and drown in the sea and never be heard from again. Now, with this knowledge, okay, of strong wind, coupled with fear, counteracted his faith. Now, notice that his attention was drawn away from the master. began to sink. Um, this will be a little squeaky voice tonight than what you're used to hearing, but I just wanted to share this little story. As Peter, he heard the call, and we also hear the call of God, and we are willing to get out of the boat. In other words, we want to serve the Lord. We want to do the ministry. But as soon as he found himself reaching out, getting out of the boat, walking on water, he looked at the storm. The storm came. Mm-hmm. And much, how much that I want to share a little thing that, that happened with me and how we have to stay so focused on the Lord. Um, recently, I was blessed to be able to do a wedding um, of a half-brother of mine in Ohio. And lo and behold, I heard the call of God. It was a blessing. I got out of the boat and I said, yes, I will do this. I even got licensed in Ohio so that I would be able to perform this wedding. And two nights before I was to do this wedding, I woke up with no voice. Now, did I sink? I felt like I was going to sink. And I thought, God, what is going on? How can can this be? I mean, all I could do was squeak. It was terrible. 
And so I said, I have to stay focused and I have to believe. Everything inside me wanted to just call and say it's canceled, but I knew I couldn't do that. There were already so many RSVPs and I only had a few days left. Well, lo and behold, I did start to think as Peter when I started looking at the circumstances around me and the storm. But God, in his mercy, and I contacted our precious Apostle Mother Reva, and I called some of the other intercessors that I knew, and I asked them actually when we were on the way, and I said, please pray for me. I have a wedding uh, Saturday, and I have no voice. And I teased my brother, and I said, I will squeak out the words, but uh, Elder Fred may have to repeat them after me. And he he said, well, that'll be different, sis. <laughs> so, but praise God, praise God. And, of course, our elder Fred was praying over me, continuously rebuking whatever this was and anointing me. Amen. We stayed focused. We kept reaching out and reaching out. And I praise God. I mean, it wasn't easy. But Saturday morning, my voice came back. It was loud and clear. God is so good. Yes, so I just yes. want to share that when we take that first step sometimes to say, yes, Lord, you know, I will get out of my boat, on my comfort zone, and I will come to you, know that the enemy is going to try to distract you or come against you with a storm. But I'm here to share with you, keep your eyes on him because he would never call you. Now think about this. He would never call you to come out of your boat if he didn't know that you were going to be okay. He knew that Peter was going to sink, but he also knew, and he held Peter up. Not only did he hold Peter up in his weakness, but he took him back and replaced him back in the boat. Praise the Lord. Okay, go ahead, Elder Fred. Thank thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Okay. What do we call her? Peterette. Well, <laughs> <laughs> now there was Peter. He began. He started to sink. Okay, it says it's. It says that Jesus stretched forth his hand when Peter cried out to him and, and caught him. He stretched forth his hand. Now he didn't have go-go gadget arms. Okay, you know he didn't go. Go go to the arm and fifty yards away. You know, he he was almost to Jesus. At that as I was studying this word, I thought, look at that. It says Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. He stretched you know, it says he it doesn't say he ran to Peter or he even stepped. He said he stretched forth his hand. So he was within a couple arms length of Jesus. But that, it says, he saw the wind boisterous. He was almost there. Now, here's another interesting thing. Notice that the storm was raging the whole time. And it didn't stop until they were safely in the ship. Yeah, the storm was raging away. Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. Jesus didn't stop the storm. He could have, but he said, come. It was in the storm. 
he called him in the storm. And Peter was walking on the water, storm and all. You know, wind and waves and all. He was walking on the water. Kind of chew on that a little bit. Now, in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 17, it says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, some Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter, Peter again, answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. Now, this is, we believe, the Father's estimation of Peter. Look at this. For he was the first one to whom it was revealed that Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah, the Savior of the world, the true King of Israel, the Christ. Our Father is choosy about who he gives his gems of revelation to, and this gem was the most precious of them all. Think about that. You know, the Father himself revealed, because Jesus didn't tell him. Father revealed that to him. Now in Matthew 16, 21 through 23, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Whoa, that's strong. Now, (laughs) Peter might have been thinking, Wow, one minute I'm blessed of the Father, and the next minute I'm the devil. (laughs) Might have. All right, what's going on here? What's going on? Jesus knows that ultimately he is headed for the cross, and he's working to prepare his disciples for that. But Peter has a completely different mindset at work. Let's look at that. Peter just got the revelation that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, Jesus says he's going to Jerusalem, thinking it's going to be horribly abused and then crucified. Which, you know, crucifixion was for the dirtiest of the dirtbags of the day. Okay? I mean, if you were just a common criminal, you know, you didn't get crucified for that. So this was a horrible, horrible death. Think about this. The true king of Israel, the one that they had waited thousands a year for, was going to be put to death and in such a horrid manner? This is preposterous. And you can see Peter's logic, can't you? 
Okay. He knew. The Father and Jesus confirmed that the Father showed this to him. He was the Christ. And he was, <laughs> there he was in his boat. He was walking with him. The long-awaited Messiah. That was a logical thought. But it was incorrect. Jesus spoke the truth to Peter. But Peter was engaged in carnal-mindedness. So it was logical. It was logical. Okay, but it was... There was a conflict of thought processes there. Do you see that? Okay, we'll, we'll keep going here. Now, cut, we'll cut Peter a little slack because you have to remember, uh, part of mind was all he had at the time. Okay, he didn't have a spiritual mind yet. But I want you to see the conflict of the carnal of the carnal versus the spiritual, because this is what this is about. Now, in John chapter 13, verses 5 through 9, after that, speaking of Jesus, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. And there was a towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. <laughs> Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Okay, here we see Peter engaged in carnal mindedness again. And once again, you can easily see the logic in it. But the Lord is doing something spiritual, which Peter doesn't understand. For here is his Lord, okay, the the king of Israel, and he knows this. The Father himself showed it to him, doing a servant's job. And if I understand it correctly, one of the lowest servants. So he says, basically, no way, Lord. (laughs) You're not going to wash my feet. Jesus says to him, basically, if I don't, you're out. You you have no part with me. Now look at this. Peter immediately reverses his position, by which you can see his love for Jesus and his desire to be fully engaged in all that the Lord had for him. Okay? But again, logic. It's logical. The, The king of Israel... Wash my feet? Preposterous. Again, this is, you know, no. You know, he's probably shaking his head. But the Lord was doing something spiritual. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 2.14, that the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. That's right. That's right. Now, natural man means unregenerate, not born again. Right. He's just natural man. Right. So bear that in mind as as you see that scripture. Now, in Romans 8, verse 7, 
because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. That's pretty strong. And Romans, once again, eight, verse, chapter 8, verses 5 and 6, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and peace sounds good to me. How about you? <laughs> Okay, we'll read a lot of scriptures here. We'll tie them up here in a minute. First Corinthians 2.16 For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Ooh, listen to this. But we have the mind of Christ. Ooh, that's good. Now in Philippians 2.13 For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his Good pleasure. Okay, the Lord God is working inside us. <clears throat> okay, understand the carnal mind is not not wonderful for spiritual things. Why is that? Because a natural man working by the natural mind, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. That scripture we just read. That is why the carnal mind will fight you on spiritual things. The word of the Lord says in Proverbs 3.9, to honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Malachi 3.10 says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven for you are blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Ooh, that's quite a promise. Now, remember, tithing was before the Mosaic law. Okay, for Abraham was a tither. Okay, that's in Genesis fourteen twenty. Okay, so you know tithing. You know a lot of people say, well, that's under the law. The law incorporated tithing, but tithing was before the law. Right. That's right. Okay. <laughs> now, the carnal mind will tell you if you want to get ahead financially, you've got to keep everything you can. That tithing is financial insanity. Isn't that right? You've got to keep what's yours and somebody else's too if you can. <laughs> this is just, you know, and this is just one example, okay? And by this you can see tithing is a spiritual operation. Tithing is a spiritual law. Say you honor the Lord with your with your, with your increase, and the first fruit. You know, honor the Lord, honor Him. That's spiritual. That's spiritual. Now, the carnal mind is wonderful for carnal things. Huh? Okay, things relating to touch, 
taste, smell, feel, reason, or emotion, or anything dealing with this physical world. Now, I'm going to tell you a little story about the carnal mind, how it saved our chicken dinner. <laughs> we were, uh, I was out for better you know, part of the day and came back and my beloved had some chicken and uh, chicken broth, you know, cooking on the stove. So I said, oh, we got chicken and gravy or chicken and over rice tonight. I'm all set. It sounds good to me. Well, we're standing around here in the living room talking. It was in there cooking away. And I was doing something. And I stood up. And I, it smelled a smell. It smelled good, but it smelled like, like a dark smell. And I thought, that's different. So he went out. I said, hey, all the liquid's cooked out of the chicken. Well, so you know, I pulled it off the stove, pulled it off, uh, off the flame, and she came out and checked it, and sure enough, the liquid had boiled away faster than she thought it should have, but it hadn't burned. But it was all dark brown. She made the most wonderful dark brown gravy. Oh, it was <laughs> so good. But <laughs> she's laughing. My nose picked up on it. All right. That's, connect, that's a carnal mind. Now, the carnal mind gave us a wonderful gravy. I'm sure she wouldn't have, you know, toasted it that brown. You know, that, you know another, five, another five or ten minutes, and we would have had uh, charcoal chicken. But as it was, we didn't. Lord, thank you. We had a wonderful, oh, it's a dark brown. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I might be able to make myself hungry. Well, whatever. So anyhow, but that was the car. Your carnal mind is wonderful. All right. Uh, hang in there. Don't don't disconnect. We'll 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 connect this all together here in a minute. All right. We just talked about the chicken. Any any of your cooking. If you're making a pie, you know you <clears throat> roll out your stuff. You know roll out the the dough and fill it up with your apples or blueberries or whatever. And put the pie in the way. And you set the timer for 45 minutes or whatever you call for. And, you know, timer hasn't gone off yet. And you start smelling. Well, that pie is done. Well, timer hasn't gone off yet. And sure enough, you look in this nice and golden brown. It's done. Carnal mind, your nose, your sense of smell told you that pie is done. That that's the carnal mind. All right, if you're driving, that's all operations of the carnal mind. You you turn you know turn left, wait for the wait for the red light, you know, turn right, get on you know whatever, however many blocks you know, then turn left again, head on down the street. What, that's all carnal mind, dealing with sight, touch, direction, all of this you know connecting with our physical world. These are all operations of the carnal mind, and we could go on and on and on and on, but you can see the connection. All right, these are operations of the carnal mind. In these examples, we can see that having a well-trained carnal mind is a good thing. Now, in Mark chapter 11, 25 and 26, Jesus said, And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, 
that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Amen. Now, forgiveness (laughs) is essential, okay? The only hope we have of entering heaven rests in our being forgiven by our Lord. That's what the cross is all about, us being forgiven. When we do wrong, sin, you know, purposely or inadvertently, and turn in and cry, forgive me, Lord, he says, okay. Okay, it's done. Okay, but then he turns it around and tells us to forgive others. Now, that's spiritual. Now, carnal mind, your carnal mind will say, <laughs> no way, I won't forgive and I won't forget either. Ooh. We must put down any thought contradicts his word. He's right. In Proverbs fourteen twelve. There is the way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now in Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 33, Jesus again said, Take therefore no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or withal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Okay, Jesus is giving us a good way to stay out of carnal-mindedness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. No, your Father will take care of you. Now, James 1.8 says the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Mm. Okay, we'll wrap this, put this all together. So you're probably wondering why it's so bad to be carnally-minded when having a well-trained carnal mind is good. There's a little difference there. Notice that Paul the Apostle contrasts in Romans 8.6 being carnally minded with being spiritually minded. Okay, there's a difference there. Everyone alive on planet Earth has a carnal mind. Okay, we we all have one. Now, we who are born again and have his spirit also have a spirit mind. Now, you find that 1 Corinthians 2.16 which is the mind of Christ. It says we have the mind of Christ. Now, if you are carnally minded, okay, minded, the carnal mind is the stronger of the two. Okay, this this is how it works. And when a difference of opinion occurs, which can happen quite often, the carnal mind will have the dominance over the spirit mind. It will have the final say. So if we want to take that to tithing, your spirit mind may may say, well, 
I you know, I've got to get my 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 ten percent out, tithe out. Carmona says, you need to keep that. You know, tax time's coming. You know, and you're you're hoping to get a little stereo here and you know, <laughs> give that to that. You know, what's that worth? If your carnal mind is stronger, you won't tithe. Now, tithe, like I said, tithing is just one example. You know, the Bible is full of spiritual things. It's a spiritual book. Okay. James 1.8 describes a man who has not strengthened his spirit mind to rule over his carnal mind. Thus, he is always conflicted and in turmoil. Okay, it says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Okay. He goes two different directions mentally and can never stay on course. Now, this, this, you know, that's a problem. You know, you ever see a person, they just cannot make up their mind. All right, they've got two minds going on there. They want to go one way, they want to go another way, and they're unstable. Well, what am I going to do? What am I going to well, I can't do this. Well, I should do that. I don't want to do that. Double-minded. This is our call as Christians, is to strengthen the mind of Christ in us to have dominion over our carnal mind, okay? Because our carnal mind is good. We need it for carnal things. But when that carnal mind rises up in the face of spiritual things and says no, then we need to put it down and say, this is how it's going to be. Okay? We must learn a lesson from Peter. Your carnal mind may tell you something that sounds logical or reasonable, as you saw, but if it's in opposition to the Word of God, it must be rejected. Okay, and, and here's the, this is the battle. The Lord is right, always. Again, again, you can see the perfect logic and Peter's thinking when he said to the Lord, basically, no way, no way will this happen to you. And it may make sense. But he was wrong. He was wrong. Think about this. If Jesus hadn't gone to the cross, none of us, including Peter, could have made heaven. Ooh. As Proverbs says, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. Be spiritually minded is life and peace. Everyone's looking for A lot of turmoil out there. A lot of wind and waves. Mm-hmm. We focus. We, we, we. Only we, the body of Christ, have the ability to focus on the Master, because only we can see Him. To stay in peace, the Lord says, "My peace I give. You. Peace I give unto you. My peace I leave with." Jesus, that's a promise from our Lord. 
as we focus on him and keep our focus. That's, that's so important. Particularly, you know, at this time, <laughs> there's strong wind and strong waves out there. But we must keep our focus on Jesus. He may call us to go out on the storm. But if he's calling you, he'll hold you up. Well, that is all we have for this evening. Bless the Lord. Amen. God is good. We depend. We depend on the Spirit. I, you know, we... Yeah, well, we depend on the Spirit for strength. Some of these things are strong. But by His strength, we can maintain our focus on Him. And He will hold us up. He will bring us through. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 You know, I am so excited when we have two different people, and last night and tonight, I'm so rejoicing. Thank you, Elder and Elder, and thank you, Apostle. We thank you. There's nothing like the word. It's, it's just it's, it's just so sweet. And I was just sitting here, just listening, and, and just how beautiful. And, and Elder Manor, your testimony. God is awesome. God is awesome. We thank the Lord this evening and hope that you continue to feel better. Yeah. We thank Apostle. He got to get up early in the morning. He's going for the food for the church. And, and, you know, everybody's so busy when you talked about Peter and how, Elder, you just went straight on. You didn't have a voice. There's a lot of things we feel we can't do, but when you said God wouldn't have called you out if he didn't think we could do it, and I thank you for that. I thank you for that. And Elder Fred, continue. Continue. Yeah. Apostle, please continue. Mm-hmm. I don't care anybody say. Somebody might throw bricks at me. But there is nothing like the word of God when a man knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And the difference. And I, I do give... All respect to the men I don't deal with who God called or what he did. I just read the scriptures, and whatever the scriptures say, I stand on it as truth. Thank you all. And we're going to allow, is our pastor Lorenzo on? Amen. Amen. 
Just Tammy, can you just say hi? Hi, I was here the whole time. It's so good being looked for, though. <laughs> love you all. It was absolutely beautiful. God bless you all. I loved it. All right, we just we just yeah. anybody on that wants to say something before Pastor Lorenzo close out, we give you this opportunity. Yeah, I would I would like to uh to to, to just uh say that uh that that the spirit from from from, from uh Elder Fred uh it it it's it distributed among the believers. It's distributed and the believers believe in totality of what he's saying in the word as far as the the the, the mind of Christ uh, you know the verse uh, the flesh versus the spirit is something I taught about a while back but it, and it's true because the, the carnal mind is a natural thing he's natural all he knows is natural he cusses he acts a fool and he do whatever he you know they, he's just so carnal he's pornographic he's all that mess but the spirit mind is it contains the fruits of the spirit and and and, and those, see those two they're enemies they're enemies and and and, and I like the way you put it you know, because you have to stay focused. The focus part is the spiritual part, and I and I like that, man. I I really appreciate you saying that. You clarified it really uh, very distinctly, and 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 it was just awesome. God bless you, man. I love Thank it. You. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Well, I'm going to step back and let Pastor Lorenzo step forward. But before I let you all know how much I love you, appreciate you. And always let us continue to pray ye one for another. Amen. Pastor Lorenzo. Amen. Amen. I love you you guys, the Marley. It's always a pleasure to hear you guys speak and expound upon the word of God. And what y'all guys do, you do it well. And I'm pretty sure your father is definitely pleased tonight. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you right now, God, for the word that went across the line today, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, let those words, Heavenly Father, that came out of your ministers, their mouth, fall upon good ground tonight and let it take root in good soil and spring up new fruit, God, in the name of your son, Jesus, God, that we may feast upon it. Not just feast, but take it out and spread it abroad, God, that somebody else may know, Heavenly Father, the many miracles you wrought, God, in the name of your son, Jesus, God, that you are a problem solver. You are a burden bearer, God, and you are definitely, Heavenly Father, a lawyer in the courtroom, God, and we thank you for this right now in the name of your son, Jesus. Now keep us into that appointed time, Heavenly Father, to come back, to glorify, magnify, and lift you up, God, and Heavenly Father, just to sup with you and fellowship with you once again. In your name we pray, amen and amen and amen, and I love you guys. We love you. God bless. We love you all. I love you too. God be with everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night.